This is Outcasting Overtime, a special feature from Outcasting, Public Radio's LGBTQ youth program. Outcasting is heard online at outcastingmedia.org, on iTunes, and on more than 50 public radio stations affiliated with the Pacifica Radio Network. Hi, I'm Lucas, a youth participant in Outcasting's main studio in Westchester County, New York. On this edition, Outcaster Lauren talks about her experiences with labels. Labels can be helpful for some and limiting for others. Lauren, like many LGBTQ youth, had difficulty with labels when she was first coming to terms with her sexuality. When I was 12 years old, I had a crush on a girl. I'd never liked a girl until then, and I did not know how to handle it. Some people come out immediately after they realize that they like people of their own gender. A woman might realize that she has fallen in love with another woman, everything will click into place at once, and she will come out as a lesbian the next day. But for most people, it's a slower process, especially when you're in middle school. I was lucky enough to know that there were words for girls who liked other girls, and I was lucky enough to know that I wasn't the only one. But things didn't make sense immediately. I didn't know whether I was one of those girls, or if this was just a one-time thing. I didn't know whether I still liked guys either. All I knew was that I liked girls, or one girl, meaning that I was not straight. So I started to come out to friends as not straight. But it turns out it is quite difficult to come out as not something. People want to know more than that. Was I gay, bi, pan, or some other label that I had never heard of? I tried on the different labels as if they were shirts, but nothing seemed to fit right. I made scales in my head, counted up crushes I'd had on girls and crushes I'd had on boys. I tried to place myself on the Kinsey scale or as a percentage, as if you could really be 75% gay. I felt like I needed a label. There had been a few times that I had told people that I liked a girl, and they thought that I was just joking or I just thought that she was pretty. I thought that I needed a label to be legitimate. A year or two later, I stumbled upon the word queer online. The general definition of it that I found was not straight. But if you called yourself queer, you were no longer speaking in negatives. People from across the LGBTQ spectrum called themselves queer, and people like me, who were trying to figure out who they were but couldn't put a word on it yet, called themselves queer. If labels were shirts, queer was a big, comfortable one. I started to call myself queer. The first reaction that I got from this was negative. I had come out to an older person in my life who asked me, why would you ever call yourself that? I felt ashamed, like maybe I was hurting people without knowing that I was. So I did what I enjoy doing most. I researched. Queer is actually a really interesting word. There are a few theories about where the word comes from, but one theory is that it comes from a Proto-Indo-European root that I can't even pronounce, T-E-R-K-W. It means to twist, turn, wind, or cut. So it could be said that queer meant not straight before straight meant heterosexual. The word went through a few linguistic changes before eventually becoming the Scottish word queer. It gained the meaning of different, although it usually meant different in a bad or strange way. Around the beginning of the 20th century, it began to mean homosexual, and by the mid-20th century, it solidified its definition as homosexual in a derogatory way. So, when did things change? In the 1980s, the activist group Queer Nation emerged. The group hoped to be shocking. They believed that it was necessary at that point in time. They also wanted to reclaim the word queer, to take it back from the people who had used it against them. 
The slogan, we're here, we're queer, get used to it, became popular, and queer studies became an academic field. Older LGBT people often have negative feelings towards the word, as it was used frequently to bully them in their youth. But for me, and many young people, this experience was not shared. The first time that I heard the word queer, it was from the LGBT community, while I mostly heard gay used as an insult growing up. That doesn't mean that the word carries no historical weight. Everything does, and it is understandable that it causes pain to some people. But it can be helpful, too. My current feeling about it is this. I can use it to refer to myself, but not anyone else. I also started to refer to myself as bisexual, which has felt more comfortable as time has gone on. But another thing has changed, too. As I've grown up and become more confident, I felt less and less that I need a label. It is helpful to have for coming out and for dating, but at this point it doesn't feel as important as it used to. I will use one label for months, I will switch among three in the same conversation, I will tire of words completely and just kind of exist. A label can change what people see, but for me, it no longer has the power to change what's on the inside. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime, a special feature from Outcasting, Public Radio's LGBTQ youth program. Outcasting is heard online at outcastingmedia.org, on iTunes, and on more than 50 public radio stations around the country. Outcasting Overtime is a production of Media for the Public Good, a nonprofit organization. Our assistant producers are Alex Mintz and Josh Valley, and our executive producer is Mark Sophus. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and outcasting overtime. Thanks for listening, and tune in again on January 1st for the next edition of Outcasting Overtime.